Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. You're getting a third podcast this week, an emergency podcast, and that's because late on Thursday night, a pair of bombshell stories dropped about Wichita State coach Greg Marshall, who has been accused of extreme physical and verbal assault by multiple former players and staff members. Extremely disturbing in their allegations. Is Greg Marshall at risk of losing his job? Gary Parrish and I are going to get to that right now. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and you might have already realized that we recorded an episode Thursday night around 7.45 Eastern. We discussed non-league scheduling, John Calipari's video, Florida State losing a five-star prospect. If you missed it, check it out when you can. So uh, about an hour after we recorded, News broke with some serious allegations aimed at Wichita State coach Greg Marshall. First, Dana O'Neill and C.J. Moore of The Athletic detailed a Wichita State investigation into misconduct. Then Jeff Goodman from Stadium had on-the-record allegations that are undeniably troubling. The most serious allegations, I think, are that Greg Marshall punched a player, Shaq Morris, in a practice in 2015. He also allegedly choked an assistant coach, in the 2016-17 season. Obviously, this is not good. We will get into it momentarily. But first, check this out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, Norlander, you've read the allegations. How much do you think Greg Marshall's job, career maybe, is in jeopardy right now? I got to believe severely, uh, Parrish, uh, severely at this point uh, due to the extensive reporting done by, by, by our friend Jeff Goodman here. Now, The Athletic was the first to get this out, but Goodman, uh, as his report stated, had been working on this for six months, and 
the reason for this story even happening is uh, Goodman tracks diligently uh, the transfer market every single year. And Wichita State had seven this past offseason, and that's an unusually high number. So when you have that many players defect from a program, it is going to lead to questions where it's different from two or three guys that aren't happy with playing time or this or that. You have a bona fide pattern. There's been 10 over the past couple of years. Uh, That leads leads to this, um, where Wichita State is conducting an internal investigation right now. Greg Marshall is obviously the most successful coach in the history of the program, has turned down job opportunities at bigger programs to stay at Wichita State, has also, frankly, not been considered for some jobs that I think he thought he should have been considered for, um, and it could have been because of, you know, you do your diligence, you do, uh, you, you look into some stuff and you realize, you know, not anything to this level if you're, uh, you know, sort of a private investigator or someone checking things on background, but you just... You discover that if you're a big-time program, Greg Marshall might be too loose of a cannon for you to legitimately consider bringing on here. Uh, the the big the big thing is without a doubt you have an, a, pl- a former player on the record accusing Greg Marshall of punching him in the head, and then you have seven players per Goodman's report supporting that account. Granted, all seven players refused to have their name attached to it for the record. I do want to read the quote here from Goodman's story. It says, I go over to help him up, and as I was helping him up, this is a former teammate of Shaq Morris's, to make sure he was okay, bam, I'm struck on the left side of my face with a punch. I turn my back with my fists ready to punch or swing. I don't know who did what, and I see Marshall standing there. I turned around and started walking out. Goodman's story continues. One player said Marshall called Morris a mother bleeper. Another recalled Marshall saying, I know you did it on purpose to try and hurt him. And then a third player said Marshall cursed, shoved, and bumped Morris before, according to the players interviewed, Morris was kicked out of the gym by Marshall. Morris told Stadium words were exchanged between the two, and then Marshall told him to go on the opposite court and, quote, roll on the practice floor roll until practice is over. Morris refused and began to walk out of the gym, and then Morris told Goodman he punched me while I was facing away over my right shoulder hit me in the jaw I turn and coaches are surrounding us at the time this this alone is fireable and we can get we can and we'll get into the other stuff here but assault assault on a player is unforgivable and as we record this podcast early on Friday morning Wichita State has not released a statement um I anticipate that it is going to, and that will be a bland. We have an internal investigation. There will be no other comment on the matter until that's completed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Greg Marshall, at minimum, needs to be suspended until the investigation is completed. And frankly, I don't understand how he could keep his job after you have this many people. We're talking, Parrish, 26 players and 10 assistant coaches who have been with the program under Marshall in his 13 years were interviewed by Goodman for this, and almost all of them support many of the very bad accounts uh, painted against Greg Marshall in this story. Yeah, the obvious problem for him is that it's not just one disgruntled former player saying something bad happened. It's a lot of former players, disgruntled or otherwise, saying a lot of bad things happened. It's not just one story that you can deny. It's a bunch of stories that, are frankly impossible to deny. Uh, You can try to explain them or rationalize them, but I don't think denying them is going to work here because like, if it were just Shaq Morris saying, my coach punched me, punched me from behind, so sucker punched me, then maybe you could try to say, what was it really a punch? It was a shove or something. But when it's Shaq Morris saying it on the record and seven former players uh, backing him up, 
saying we were in the gym, we saw it, it happened. That's that's really problematic. Now, the verbal abuse, and let me be clear, I'm not condoning it. I think it's wildly inappropriate, but it has also been a staple of college basketball forever. I can just tell you matter-of-factly because I've been in the gym and I've seen it with my own eyes, heard it with my own ears. Some of the greatest coaches in this sport are verbally abusive. In fact, there's one coach who I really like on a personal level, and I was in one of his practices one time, and it got uncomfortable how abusive he was verbally, not physically, nothing physical, but demeaning in a way that, I thought crossed a line. And because I actually have a, a good relationship with this person, we went to dinner later that night. And, you know, after a beer or two, I was like, hey, listen, um, I I don't personally care, but it, it, it might just be the way you do things. But let me be honest with you. Everybody today has an iPhone with a recording device on it. If somebody recorded your practice today, just the audio of it, and leaked it to anybody, and it you would be fired, at, given what you said today, to those players in the way that you said it. And just, you know, be aware of that. But this is the way this guy has always coached. And it's always been, I don't know about acceptable behavior, but it, it's never really backfired on somebody um, in, in, in a way that, that, that sends a message to everybody. You can't speak like this anymore, talk like this anymore, yell like this anymore. So it is still, in October 2020, a pretty common thing. And again, not just from Greg Marshall. Ha- active Hall of Fame coaches talk to their players in ways or during practice that if it was ever recorded and then published, they would have to publicly apologize and honestly you see it sometimes on national television in the middle of games the way coaches talk to players it's a weird dynamic that I thought should have been cleaned up a long time ago either way it, it, it hasn't been so if it were just the verbal stuff I don't condone it but I think Greg Marshall would probably survive just the verbal stuff the physical stuff is is a lot tougher uh I mean we don't think of a basketball practice as a work environment because it's not a normal work environment, but it is a work environment. And in what work environment are you allowed to punch people? You know, I, I, <laughs> in, what envi- it, in what environment that isn't boxing or MMA? <laughs> there isn't right. one. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's in a real tough spot right now. And I should say, I like Greg Marshall. I um, respect him immensely as a coach in terms of his effectiveness. He's like an incredible basketball coach who's had an incredible career. I know his family. You know, I've, I've had a meal with them. Like, I like Greg Marshall. I like his family. This is tough um, because there's so many allegations from so many different angles. I, I would imagine that the best case scenario for him right now it's some sort of suspension, has to go to counseling, and then is on a, you know, no, uh, you know, no more mess up policy where somebody monitors practice every day. Like, that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario, obviously, is that uh, he doesn't continue to coach at Wichita State. And I, I think 
I think that's clearly on the table. Without a doubt. I mean, this is this is all just awful and gross and terrible. And you're right that um, from a verbal standpoint, I don't think that I don't think that there are a lot of coaches doing what Marshall's done here. But it can get uh, over the line and aggressive in practices. Without a doubt, you know, I had I had a couple coaches kind of just text me late Thursday night. You know, Bears game was on. They saw that I was. T- tweeting like the Bears fool that I am uh, when they beat the Bucks, And uh, then, then Goodman's story dropped like right at the end of the game, basically. Um, so it was just like this story, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then I kind of rhetorically just said, I, t- I texted one of them um, and said, you know, after Mike Rice in 2013 and a couple of other incidents, but like Mike Rice was a firestorm, um, caught on video, uh, chucking a ball at a player, he gets fired. Um, I just said like, how could you ever do this? Like, how could you be a coach and think this is acceptable or that it's not going to get out or that you wouldn't potentially lose your job? Like, it just makes no sense to me. It's not even 2006 anymore, okay? It's 2020, 2016, 2018 when this stuff happened. And the coach said, I'll tell you exactly why it happens. He said, I don't know what will be the case 10 years from now or 20 years from now when the most predominant coaches in college basketball are guys that are in their 20s and 30s right now for the most part and came up differently. But there is still a heavy portion of coaches that are 50 years or older. And they learned when they were 14, when they were playing, when they were in high school, in college, when they got their first gigs as a director of basketball operations or a third assistant at a small school. They learned that abusive physical and verbal behavior was one way to get productive results with your team. And there is certainly still a faction of college basketball coaches who in so many other ways are good human beings, but make no mistake, if you're going to treat people like this, you're not a good human being. And so when it gets to the practice court or as it will sometimes be caught on camera during games, um, they revert back to an original position that they were trained to think is acceptable. And again, this coach is saying, you know, I don't know if this will be the case in 20 years. We might not, if we look up in 2040, uh, we might not have a, a Greg Marshall situation or a Mike Rice situation or a Bob Knight situation. That might be completely out of the sport. And you and I both hope that is damn well the case. But with some of these guys, it just is something that they can't get out of them. It, it is part of their mental makeup that makes them who they are as a coach, and it damns them, but it also puts them in a position they feel that allows them to succeed. It's unacceptable. It's not an excuse. It's terrible, but the coach was just explaining to me, clear, clearly this coach has been a part, and I would not define this coach as one of those people, by the way. Uh, I would define this coach definitely as very cool-headed, have never heard really anything about that with this particular coach that was explaining to me, but he clearly has been a part of coaching staffs before um, where this has been the thing. And he also said um, his exact text was something along the lines of, I had heard a couple of bad things, but I don't, I didn't know it was anywhere near this bad. And I think that was specifically referring to punching Shaq Morris in the head. And then, I mean, choking his former assistant, Kyle Lindstedt, during a practice in the 2016-17 season. I mean, Kyle Lentz is now an assistant at Minnesota. He's been there for a couple of years. Uh, just that was that was independently supported by two players that talked to Goodman. Uh, one of them said, I looked over and saw Coach Marshall choking him. That was Shaq Morris told him this. Then people started trying to de-escalate the situation, trying to calm him down. Another said, we were in complete shock to see that doom, to see him do that to another coach was crazy. Uh, yeah, it is. 
it's out of his freaking mind putting his hands on on any human being but the uh, just the image of one coach physically trying to go after the neck of another of an of one of his assistants in a practice is totally over the line I, I, I know that Marshall ha- has been able to leverage himself from a contract situation, Parrish, in recent years. And in fact, Charles Koch, the billionaire, has been a big factor in allowing Wichita State to become a program powerful enough that it could make the move from the Valley to the American Athletic Conference. And he has helped uh, facilitate Marshall's salary. He does wield power there. Um, I just, I don't know. But I'll, 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 Turn it back to you. I know I'm running a little long here. There's just so much to get to. I'll, there's a lot to touch on this situation. Um, I was also told, like, here's here's just the general environment in Wichita, because I, I think all these factors are important. I do think Greg Marshall will lose his job because of this. But keep in mind, the president of Wichita State University was recently removed, fired from his post. And one of the reasons, what I was told, a big reason for that was Ivanka Trump wanted to have a speaking engagement at that university and the president did not support it and in fact moved to make sure it didn't happen. And now that president doesn't have a job. And those things are very, very, very connected. And so if there is, if there are certain power players that want to ensure Greg Marshall will keep his job, I will say that is on the table. But there's so much here that is so damning, I, I don't believe that he will keep his job. Well, that would be the best thing working for Greg right now is if he has Charles Koch as an ally. I mean, Charles Koch can like just Google him if you are unfamiliar. He can influence an election. Um, if he wants to keep a basketball coach employed, he could probably do that, right? So that, that'll be uh, – that'll at least play a role in whatever happens next. But I think your point about there are still coaches in this sport who were brought up during a time where some of this, if not – most of this was deemed acceptable behavior. So it's part of the way they coach is how they learn to coach. I, I think that's spot on. Um, I, I've talked to other coaches who do not yell, cuss, demean. And what they will tell you is, I, you know, I, I don't know why people think you have to demean a 19-year-old to get him to work or play effectively. Like, I just don't believe that. If I have to, if to have, if I have to um, demean you to get the best out of you, like that's probably says more about me than it does you. But, and I, so I do think that approach is um, uh, going to the wayside and will eventually for the most part be gone. But it still very much exists in 2020, even if it obviously shouldn't. You would think people would have learned from Bob Knight, and if not Bob Knight, Mike Rice. And again, the verbal stuff is pretty common, unfortunately, in college basketball. It's one of the reasons that John Calipari struggled in the NBA is that he he's a yeller. I mean, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I could tell you stories that I've witnessed, but like, he's a he's a yeller. You know, he he's a he coaches a certain way and it has been obviously uh, it, it's it's he's a hall of famer so it's worked well but when he went to the nba and continued to be a yeller like it just didn't fly anymore and 
I have heard, because there's always rumors about John going back to the NBA. I don't know that they exist so much anymore, but they, they've consistently existed since he was at Kentucky. And one of the reasons people bring it up is because he's got so many former players who are high-level players in the NBA. And when I was talking to NBA people about it one time, it was like, this is just what one person said. Take it for whatever it's worth. But this person said, people think that all these former players from Kentucky want to play for John Calipari in the NBA. And, but the truth is, he, this is this person's opinion. He said, I think they love and respect John, but they don't want to be yelled at anymore. Like they're grown men now who would be like a hundred million dollars. Like they don't, they don't want to be yelled at the way they were yelled at in college. And so it doesn't, um, it can work against him having all these players in the NBA just as much as it could theoretically work for it. The verbal stuff is still pretty common. The physical stuff, that's uh, like that, that. It actually surprised me. Like when I first heard that, you know, Greg Marshall might have punched a player. I was like, eh, like really? Like it just seems so, or, or choked an assistant coach. I mean, that that does those things are so way out of bounds. And by the way, Kyle declined comment to Goodman, which means what? That happened. Of course it is. If it didn't if it didn't happen, you say, no, 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 no. That did not happen. I don't know where you heard that, but that's just not true. Did Greg and I get sideways sometimes? Sure. Do I, uh, was I anxious to get out of there? Yes. Did he choke me? No, he didn't choke me. Before you, if that didn't happen, you step up and say that didn't happen. I'm going to assume it's true. A, because I trust the reporting. B, because there's like witnesses who, who confirmed it. So, you know, physical altercations with a player and a coach, a fellow coach, that's, again, that's hard to, to overcome. And that is not stuff that I had heard about, or I think most people had heard about throughout his Greg career. It is true that though he has been offered big jobs in power conferences time and time again, there are schools that just wouldn't touch him. When their job opened, even when he seemed to make perfect sense for the job, Texas being one of those. Exactly. If you remember when the Texas job opened, like obviously Shaka Smart made a lot of sense, but Greg Marshall also made a lot of sense. And if I remember correctly, the reporting very early on was like, they're just not going to hire Greg Marshall. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it might be Shaka Smart. It might be somebody else. Texas will not hire Greg Marshall. But the prevailing thought was, it's because he is difficult to work with. Now, I should say, I've never seen that side of him. Greg's never been anything but cool and calm and uh, professional with me. Like I said at the top, I have a good relationship with him. But I had heard from enough people that he can be difficult to work with and that that was working against him as it related to the Texas job. But being difficult to work with is a pretty good ways from punches players and chokes assistant coaches. So again, like he, he might survive this, but whew, it's a, you know, I, I don't know that he ever expected to wake up on October 9th, 2020 and his job be in real jeopardy, but undeniably right now, his job I, I think is in real jeopardy. The only thing that um, I, I, I think should be noted in addition to everything else is that according to Goodman, Shaq Morris and other players have not cooperated with the formal investigation um, because they didn't trust it or feel like it was legitimate. But if they don't go on the record with the actual investigators, mm -hmm. 
Wichita State might have a problem fi- uh, finding calls for termination. And Greg Marshall is on a big, big contract. He makes like $3.5 million a year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, do these players tell the actual investigators who can determine what needs to be done the same thing that they told Jeff Goodman? Because if they don't, you know, th- th- that obviously complicates everything. And I, obviously I know that there are plenty of Wichita State fans that regularly listen to the podcast, and certainly some of you might have found or come and search for this podcast because of what we're discussing here. Be clear on this and understand this. When you write a story, particularly like what Goodman wrote, even more than what uh, our friends C.J. Moore and Dana O'Neill at The Athletic wrote, this gets reviewed by legal. Like, this has to go through a lot of people. It has to be vetted so that stadium, where Goodman writes and works, it can't be sued for defamation, okay? So everything from a journalistic perspective in this story is reliable and solid. Obviously, Marshall is going to have his side of the story. He knew stuff was coming because an internal investigation had happened. And there was, I mean, there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind that Greg Marshall knew that Goodman was poking around. Uh, And then eventually, obviously, Goodman, as you got to do, he reached out to Marshall, who didn't supply a quote. I do want to give listeners who have not read the story even more details here because we haven't touched on everything. There's even more gross stuff in here with both stories. With Goodman's, we've got Marshall taunted junior forward Isaiah Poor Bear Chandler, who is of native American descent to, quote, get back on his horse, end quote, and, quote, made Indian howling noises, end quote, while practicing during the 2018-19 season. Are you freaking kidding me? Then Marshall body shamed a former player by lifting his shirt up during a practice in 2015-16, grabbing the player's stomach and mocking the player's girth. I mean... Come on. One one quote, one player told Goodman he doesn't know how to treat people. I felt like I wasn't playing for him, that I was playing against him. He effed me up mentally. In fact, there's a former player who's not even that player who did not speak even on background to Goodman, but whose father spoke to Goodman who said that he has dealt with depression and he's he's been messed up uh, entirely since, since all of this happened uh, to a significant degree. I mean, it's it's... It's terrible. We've got Marshall told senior Jamie Ekanike, who is from Columbia, that he would be, quote, a great coffee bean picker, end quote, because Goodman, uh, because Ekanike struggled at times catching the ball. There was another player that uh, collapsed on the court as a result of workouts, and players supported an account where Marshall stumbled around as if he was mocking the player. One former assistant said, quote, he tries to intimidate and bully people. It's mostly just horrible verbal abuse. Uh, he also asked one player, Morris Udesi, in 2018 to admit to being stupid after running a play incorrectly. And Udesi refused to say that because, obviously, why would you say that? That's just completely inappropriate. Uh, Marshall made the team run when that didn't happen. And then uh, another one directly from Goodman's story. Eric Stevenson was wide open and didn't shoot the ball one day in practice this past season. Stevenson, who has since transferred to Washington. Uh, The story goes on. The player closing out on him defensively was black. So then while in film session, Marshall paused the film and said, quote, I think you're afraid of brothers, guys raised by their grandparents eating PB&Js. One black player told Stadium he felt that was a racist remark. Another player added, it's crazy how us hating him made us closer. We all hated him. 
Another said, basketball was no longer fun for me. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy living life then. I'm not saying I was thinking about committing suicide, but 99% was because of how he treated us. We all hated Marshall so much, it made us closer together like a brotherhood. I mean, this is, un- I mean, come on, man. And not just that, but the reason why I think Marshall's in serious, serious trouble is you got these player accounts, but then in the athletic story, here's one, another incident that wasn't in Goodman's. It says, in the spring of 2016, in an incident widely discussed in the athletic department, Marshall was approaching his parking spot outside of his office at Coke Arena, and a student athlete from another sport was pulling out of Marshall's spot. It was a regular occurrence for students to park in Marshall's spot to run in quickly to the tutoring center. If Marshall discovered someone had parked in his spot, he would typically double park behind the car. As Marshall approached his spot that day, he did not get there fast enough to block the student in, so instead, Marshall quickly turned his car around and followed the student's car, eventually blocking his car at an intersection in the parking lot. According to an eyewitness, Marshall got out of his car and started yelling to the student, asking, do you know who the fuck I am? The student had his window down and responded, I don't give a fuck who you are. Marshall approached the car and according to the eyewitness, attempted to punch the student through the driver's window. Asked to address the te- uh, via text message, Marshall did not respond. Another allegation of physical assault, or at least in this attempt, uh, an attempted physical assault there. Widely discussed in the athletic department. So even if some of these players aren't talking with the independent investigation, or the, excuse me, internal and not independent internal investigation, uh, there's, a, there's a lot, a lot here. And uh, I mean, picking up a player's shirt, shaking his belly, like just completely, completely over the line, Parrish. Like there's just way too much here. This is, this is gross. And uh, he should lose his job. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care if he would have won a national title. If he had three undefeated seasons, this isn't acceptable. Not in 2020 and not 30 years ago, but particularly now, not in 2020. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, but to me, this shapes up with Wichita state having an interim coach for 2020, 2021. I mean, if Bob Knight lost his job, I don't know why Greg Marshall can't lose his job, right? I mean, who's bigger and and more um, symbolic of the university at which he worked than Bob Knight once upon a time? But ultimately, uh, you cross the line too many times, there, there is a price to pay. And that was a long time ago. Like in the year 2020, um, having all of these allegations levied against you on the record, off the record, confirmed from sources, there's just, there's a, a lot here. And, you know, I know the question people are asking each other is, is will he survive it? And, and I'm with you. I would, I'm not going to say he definitely won't survive it, but if I had to bet one way or another, this just seems like a lot to survive. You just, uh, my bottom line on this uh, is that if you're Wichita state and you're the athletic director and you're now, I guess the, the new president of the university, um, you need to take responsibility for the head coach that's in your program and deliver the appropriate message so that if there is, and there are, assistant coaches or head coaches across the sport or anywhere in NCAA athletics, you can't have a situation where, all right, he's he's suspended for two months, but he keeps his job. For the well-being of players of 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds that don't deserve to be treated like this. It's one thing to push your guys. It is, I mean, it shouldn't even have to be said. It's just so clearly way over the line. This is not, and by the way, there has been, uh, uh, you know, 
research project after research project that has proven that this kind of motivation tactic does not actually work. It does not make uh, people perform better. Intimidation, uh, physical, verbal, or otherwise, um, bullying is not an effective tactic. So Wichita State should be putting a, an example forward saying, if you do this, you're going to get fired. And anyone else that thinks they, they can even approach this line, you won't have a job. It's just for the betterment of college athletics and, and really the, the players, the unpaid players who don't deserve this. You can be pushed by your guys. You can have an aggressive coach who gets on you, but there is so clearly a difference between a coach riding you to try and motivate you and just this kind of behavior. I just, I, I think it's black and white. It's, it's stark, clear as day. And what's been documented here and alleged uh, to have happened against Marshall, again, it's just the number of players. It's just the number, Parrish. 26 players and 10 assistants. That is overwhelming. We're not talking three former players on background not putting their name to it, which is interesting enough and, and worth a story if you can vet it. We're talking three dozen people. Uh, it's just overwhelming to me at this point. It, um, the, the problem, and I agree with you, that um, you do not have to coach in this way by being verbally abusive and uh, a bully to to be an effective coach the problem of course is that so many of the guys who operate that way have been wildly successful amazing at my job and i treat people this way and it works. And, and so it, it has become a, a, a prevalent thing throughout not just college basketball. I think college athletics. I think you could find football coaches who, who of course. Um, are verbally abusive, who demean, who bully. But because it's effective, they assume that's the way that I have to be to be good at my job. A uh, little bit apples and oranges, but I've heard Jason Isbell talk about this before. Too many songwriters or creative people who have some sort of addiction or substance abuse problem. They assume because they've always written songs or created um, under the influence that, well, I can't be sober because then I won't be able to do that. Like this, this way works for me, maybe d destroys my personal life, but it, it, uh, it helps me be what I am what I actually am. And so Jason, who is now sober, he's a, uh, a, a accomplished songwriter. He says, you know, I, on some level, I used to worry about that. Like if this is the way I've always done it, then, and it's always worked, then this is, I, I have to keep doing it. He said, but it's not true. I, I changed my approach to life and I can still write these songs. I can still sell out, uh, you know, arenas. And, um, I, again, acknowledging it's apples to oranges, but I, I do think it's a, it's a struggle for some coaches who were brought into the sport under a, you know, a, a, experiencing a certain style of coaching, they adopt that style, which is very aggressive and it works for them. So it, it, they just continue to do it. And you rationalize it by saying, I'm not really demeaning this person. They know I love them. Um, I'm trying to get the best out of them. I'm trying to push them to to reach their potential and expectations. And then you look up, you know, 10 years later and you've got, you know, two dozen former players saying we hated your guts for the way you treated us. And now your, your, your job's in, in, in real jeopardy. So it's, um it's a, it's a delicate situation. Um, I, I'm sure, um, it, you know, Greg knows now that, 
he was operating um, in a way way out of bounds. Um, but you know, realizing it on October 9th, 2020, might be realizing it too late. For those of you listening to this podcast at some point on Friday, Wichita State, I would, I would think, is going to come up with a statement. Who knows? Who the hell knows? First, maybe they won't, but they'll probably come out with a statement on Friday, and and you know, we'll see what happens from there. Um, we'll see if Marshall provides any sort of statement. He has already, to his own admission, uh, interviewed with the athletic department, and um, per Goodman's reporting, and he did a great job on the story. So we uh, we like to playfully bust Goodman's chops plenty on this podcast. Um, but he did uh, this was big time stuff. So credit to him. Uh, Goodman reported that um, he that the the investigation is nearing completion. So to me, that indicates that by the end of the month, at the latest, we are going to have um, uh, an update at minimal, if not a resolution to what this is. And we'll wait and we'll wait and see. I mean, you know, I. I've been pretty clear on this podcast about my opinion of what should and should happen, what I think will happen. I don't discount what Parrish has brought up uh, in terms of the politics that can be involved in all of this, but uh, the evidence is overwhelming at this point. It, you know, in, in terms of how this stuff can come, sometimes go down with, are, are you going to fire a coach? Can you use for cause? Are you going to have to pay him? That stuff also you know, becomes a very thorny uh, issue with uh, with universities, athletic departments, coaches, the representatives. So keep all of that in mind. But I would think that we'll talk about this again before the month is over with an update to Marshall's status at the university. And the other thing, and then we'll get out of here, that Wichita State is going to have to consider, practically speaking, is even if you can somehow defend a punishment that stops short of termination. So we're going to suspend our coach. He's going to be required to be in counseling, anger management courses. Um, we will have every practice videoed. There will be somebody from the athletic department monitoring every practice. Like you put in all, it also is now on a zero tolerance policy. Like you put in all these things to, you know, to, force a changed behavior and a changed environment and you keep him you you the next question you got to ask yourself is what are we keeping because the greg marshall you used to have or still have well it's not the greg marshall you're going to have going forward my point being this can you effectively do your job and by do your job i mean recruit student athletes once this is your reputation right. once you've got you know, more than 20 former players saying, we hate that guy, couldn't stand play. Like, even if, for everything Bob Knight was, his former players tend to defend him and love him. And Not all know, of them, but yeah. No, but, not all but, of them, but, but, yeah. but plenty, plenty. Yes, you're right. You know, Greg doesn't seem to have that right now. If there's some uh, 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 segment of former Wichita State players who are jumping on social media to say that's not the Greg Marshall I played for. Like, the, you know, they're not, a, it, it might have happened, but it's not, you're not going to find 20 something. You got Goodman that, got that two. Will defend yeah. him. Goodman got two on background in the story that defended him. Um, what remains to be seen, by right. the way, just, just to note this as we get out of here, um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, is he going to say anything? Uh, the most prominent Wichita State player slash alumnus. Uh, will he or will he not? And then obviously Ron Baker as well, uh, who went on. Uh, you know, they are synonymous with the Marshall era, Wichita State, um, if and when they wind up saying anything and what they might say. In Goodman's story, Van Vliet is, is mentioned as an anecdote saying after 
Marshall punched Shaq Morris. Van Vliet said, we're not practicing until you apologize to him. And apparently he did apologize to him before a film session. And, you know, whether that was fully satisfactory, I guess that's up for interpretation. Uh, but as I, I thought I'd mention, like, we people are going to try and find Van Vliet and, and Ron Baker to speak on this, and we'll see if they say anything in the coming days or not. Well, well listen, um, we all know Fred. Like I, 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 you know, if Goodman's been working on this for six months, of course. I, like I haven't talked to Goodman about this, I'm gonna assume he's talked to Fred Van Vliet. Like we yes, all know, we Fred. just don't know if Van Vliet was one of the players on background or not in the story. That's all. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying the idea that that Jeff could talk to you know 20 former players and one of them is not Fred Van Vliet that of course. seems un, seems unlikely. So um, you know, here we are uh, again. I, I would just say, uh, you know, uh, to to put a. A, a period on all of this you know it's not just about wichita state what it wants to do based on the allegations levied against greg marshall they now have to consider can he effectively do his job going forward is he going to be, be able to recruit student athletes when other coaches at the very least are going to be um, printing out and handing this story to anybody wichita state is recruiting that they are also recruiting so it's not just about the past at this point it, it becomes how effective can you be as a college basketball coach going forward in the future um after so many former players are, are speaking out against you it's um it's a tough situation. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry. MF and Teagley's a legend. Shouts to Larnell. And thank you for listening um, to the Island College Basketball Podcast once again. Third podcast of the week. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And we will talk to you again real soon. Until then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.